Welcome to the Dr. Dad's Podcast, where a naturopath and chiropractor come together each week to share lifestyle medicine, health advice, and inspiring interviews with some of the top experts in health and wellness, bringing you the latest in nutrition, exercise, ancient healing, toxins and detox, your microbiome, mindset, hormones, brain, and much more. Stay tuned. We're going to teach you how to experience growth daily. Hey everybody, Dr. Dad's coming at you. This is Dr. David Wardy, and I'm with my PIC, Dr. Nicholas Jensen. What's up, my man? It's loving life, buddy. I, I'm loving this this transition to the summer season and so much playtime outside. You know, especially, you know, we just mentioned coming off Father's Day, and I was at the beach with the boys all day, and it was Sonny was busy doing a course, so it was just me and them, and just soaking up all that time together. It was it was incredible. So I'm I'm loving this time of year over here. Yeah, it was a great weekend, man. I had a good time with the family, and it is a special time, like you're saying. little contrast, though, in El Paso, it's flipping hot, man. So we were inside all weekend. We were not outside at the beach. <laughs> I, I love seeing the photos of you and Diego and Judo, man. Like, Oh, yeah. That's pretty are, fun, man. That's yeah. so cool. And it's good. I'm, I'm, I'm 39, and I'm still able to do stuff like that. So that's a good thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's going to be Clarissa gives me that look, though. I'm sure you've gotten that look from Sonia, but Clarissa gives me the look like, like I'm going to get hurt or something. I'm like, why are you so worried about me? I'm going to be fine. Like, you know, it's 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 kind of comical, right? Yeah, it's hilarious. But yeah, it's fun, man. He's he's loving it, and it's it's been that special thing that we can do together. Which is, I've been you know, I've been trying to get him in sports, and he just wasn't in any like we got to try t-ball, we tried basketball, and then. Martial arts is just his thing, man. Like he, yeah. it's just, he's just very drawn to it, so it's been fun. That's cool. Well, that has a lot to do with what we're chatting about today, doesn't it? Yeah, man. Coming off this nice tone of a nice Father's Day weekend, and we're going to talk to another father as well. And uh, before uh, we get down that road, I'm going to give a little bit bio about our guest today. Pretty amazing individual reached out to us. He really loves what we're all about, and he wanted to kind of continue this conversation about parenting, but more from the father's side. And so today we're talking to Alan Carter. So Alan Carter, first and foremost, is a loving husband and father. And for him, family is the most important thing to him on this earth. So the Carters call Chicago home, though they spent a good time of a uh, bit of their time in North Georgia mountains. And they have three kids, uh, Claire, age 26. Uh, let me see what we got. We got their son, Wells, age 25. And then Emma, their youngest, just graduated from high school. And so now, uh, like uh, Alan was letting us know, uh, they, they're, they're dealing with the empty nest now. They're moving into that stage. So Alan is involved in many Chicago's charitable and community organizations and has served on the board of trustees of Marillac St. Vincent Family Services and the Judge Goldman Adaptive Selling Foundation. Uh, he's a sponsor, mentor to military veterans throughout American Corporate Partners, and is also an avid supporter of Northwestern Settlement House, Young Life, and others. So he's very, very involved in the community. Uh, professionally, he leads a wealth management team of six that focuses on financial planning, investment management, and asset allocation for private clients. Uh, he is a recognized speaker and author on investment-related topics with work appearing in Luxury Portfolio, The Orb Parker, Chicago Lawyer Magazine, and others. His 30 years of experience has given him tremendous insight regarding the processes and ideas that can best add value to people, organizations, and financial strategies. Uh, he will tell you that the deep, deepest relationships he forms with his clients are the very best part of it all. So Alan actually just wrote a book called Letters from a Father. Uh, this is a collection of letters written by him to his teenage kids during their adolescence. 
And that's kind of what we're going to get into today, the whole fatherly piece and how we play that role and what that looks like in this day and age. So Alan, super pumped to talk to you and really appreciate you joining us today. Thanks for coming on, man. Hey, David. Thank you, Nick. It's awesome to be with you guys. I love your work and the energy you bring to the podcast and the conversations you guys always have are so much fun for me. And it's it's really a pleasure to be a part of, part of one of them. Thank you. Thank you, man. We're excited to have you on, Alan. And I'd really like you to start, just kind of get everybody going of, why did you write the book? And then why is this so important in this day and age? Like, what role is this playing? And, and why did you just feel this need to, 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 you know, take these letters you wrote to your kids and say, you know what, other people need to, need to read this, they need to feel these things. No, it's, it's really interesting how it came about, David. You know, I had no intent at all to share these with anyone outside of the family. It was just kind of years in the offing of writing these letters to the kids. You know, we all want to connect deeply with our kids and we all have the conversations. We all spend the time, but I was looking for a way to supplement that a little bit further. So I just started in the habit of writing a monthly letter just to supplement that normal interaction. And that went years and years. And all of a sudden, my father, I think my wife like gave him to my dad at one point. My dad started looking at him, shared him with my mother. And they called me one night crying. They're like, you have to share this stuff. And I had never thought of it before. So it was actually my father who went down the path of, you know, getting a literary agent. I had no idea how this stuff works. And what those letters that were just meant for our kids, suddenly here they are. So it's, it's a bit of a surprise, to be honest with you. <laughs> That's awesome. Some of the best things come from that unknown, right? Like yeah. not things that we were necessarily intending, but that's the beauty of it. Yeah. And I hope it's helpful. You know, I have no interest in this other than to just see if I can share some tools and thoughts that might help other families. And also if, if um, you know, any, any book that's sold, all the proceeds go to charity. Uh, so I'm excited about that. To the extent that people find it helpful, they can also be, you know, assisting some good organizations along the way. So, Alan, real quick, I think you would agree that we have this massive decline of not just this whole idea of family in our country and its consequences for not having this, but I would even go a little further into the, you know, God and spirituality has been leaving this picture as well. And I'm sure that plays a little bit into that picture as well. Like you're saying, some of, none of this is new. These things have been around forever, right? So tell me kind of what that picture looks like to you and then how that's impacted the way you are with your kids and how you engage with your family and the role you're playing there. No, that's a deep, deep question, David. I think I, you guys would probably agree that the family is just one of the most critical structures we have in a human society. I mean, it's just fundamental to the way we develop, the way we interact, the way we learn is that family unit. And I think about how impactful, like a loving and engaged family can be on the lives of their children. And I also think about the opposite part of that, which is the damage that can be done when there isn't good energy there. There's not a good love and bond and conversation with that parent and the child. I mean, I think we all see that really harm can come from that. And the side effects are terrible. And you can look at periods in history where societies have sort of 
shredded parents apart. I think parents away from their kids, I should say, you know, the most obvious example in near history is Nazi Germany with the Hitler youth. I mean, it was a concerted effort to break down the family unit and take kids away from parents. And uh, the outcome couldn't have been more horrific in that society. So I guess, um, you know, back to this book, uh, I just wanted to share tools, love, wisdom to my kids. And now it's looking like a lot of other people are reading it too. So I hope that's helpful. Yeah, I love so how you're sharing this, uh, Alan. I mean, the, the impact of being able to connect every month and to each of your kids, I'm, I'm curious how it actually, how it played out. Like, did you, did you choose a child and then that was, that was the, the child you wrote to that month or did you write to all three or like, tell me or tell us what, what your protocol was or how, what did you follow? Uh, thank you, man. It's, um, so I, I just decided sort of that the teenage years would be best. So I sort of threw a dart at age 13, run into age 20. And because of our kids' ages, you know, one was in that age and then two, then three, then back to two, then one. So it's sort of, you know, if they all three were there, the letter would go to all three, if just one. My son likes to joke that when he turned 20, he was, quote, kicked out of the letter campaign. So he always has fun razzing me about that. But I don't know if that was right or wrong the way I did it, Nick. It's just the way I did it. I think, too, a lot of people ask, hey, you know, did your kids you know, read these? Were they excited about them? Or did you guys talk about them? And it's a mixed bag. I mean, I think parents with teenagers recognize that um, the volume dial in those kids' lives is tuned to so many other things. And there's so much noise coming from their peers and from school and from other things that it was a different experience. Some months, you know, they would really want to talk about it. Some months, you know, they kind of, you know, let it kind of slide or it wasn't as impactful. But now that they're back together in a book and they see them again, it's fun to almost re-engage with the process. So I think it's been not only a monthly conversation, but now a lifetime conversation with our kids. And that, I think, is the real home run in all of this. Mm, no kidding. Yeah, just that, that continual conversation of the challenges, the victories, all, all the little things in between that and, and what an amazing tool to recall, you know, in life, because obviously so much changes from month to month. So I'm yeah. curious, like, what are what are some of the maybe recurring conversations that do happen as a result of being able to go back and reflect? That's interesting, like, I, or whatever. Yeah, yeah I, I think, you know, there's, look, there's some of the stuff that comes up definitely recurs. And I lean a lot, I lean a lot on the experience we have of, as a family. So that's been a lot of fun to see. But as I sort of bucket these things down, you know, there, there are things that sometimes you guys talk about in your podcast, you know, the idea that we really can do anything in this life that we want, right, is definitely a recurring theme. And I think that it's a great thing that parents can impart to their kids is that, hey, they can, if you can dream it, you know, you can accomplish it. And for me, that's a very biblical thing. I mean, Jesus said, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. And that, of course, that theme has been around forever. And what ties to that is the ideas of persistence and consistency and hard work. You know, things don't come off of trees, but they have to be earned. So 
that is all in there. Another thing is, of course, mindset and self-belief. Those things are critical, man. And we were talking earlier before we started the podcast just about, you know, the idea of being present and being mindful. I mean, those also occur in the book a lot. And I think those themes have been super helpful for our family to remember and to remind each other about. And, you know, our product, the letters. Uh, and one more thing, just because I'm thinking about it now, is the, you know, the love and gratitude, the importance of that. I mean, you guys know that gratitude is such an amazing life hack. It really is. If you come with a mindset of gratitude, it can just change almost everything in your life, right? So that those things are definitely in there as well. So, Alan, the theme I kind of keep thinking of in my mind when I think of you writing these letters to your kids is the amount of connection and the difference of the delivery of this connection that you were probably getting with them, you know? You know, I see, like, my little boy's seven, and I feel like we have our moments, you know, when we spend time together where we have that connection and we're doing things, but there's these, there's these levels to it, right? Like, sometimes it's real deep, sometimes it's light. Like, I'm going to give a, a quick story um, so last week, you know, me, me and Diego have been butting heads a little bit for like the last six to eight weeks, right? Like him and his mom have been on this nice streak of they're getting along, but for some reason, I just could not find that connection with my little boy lately. And so last week, I don't remember what we were talking about. So, so something comes up and we, he asked me about death and then he looks at me and he goes, well, I don't want you to die, dad. Mm. And he gets all choked up. And so I kind of get down on his level and I give him a big hug. And when I gave him a hug, I could just totally feel his heart opening up. And so I mm. opened mine up in the same moment. We both had like a good little cry. And I felt that connection with my little boy, like within seconds that I, I think that we just needed to have. And so then we get in this little conversation about, you know, everybody dies and we need to make the best of our lives here and wake up every day and make the most of it. And, you know, I had this long talk with him, but Coming out of that, I realized, man, like, I think sometimes we think we're connecting with our kids, but do we ever really get that deep connection sometimes that we need because we're so busy with life and things are going on and there's, you know, we're going to work and, you know, they got their things, you know, our kids have their social calendar and their schooling. And so everybody's going so fast that like, how often are we really finding that connection? And what a beautiful way like to, to still communicate with your children, just on another, another layer of just like writing letters to them, you know, especially during those teenage years. So they can get those seeds planted from their parents or from dad and really let those things marinate. You know, my dad wrote me a couple letters when I was in high school and I went off to college. And I still remember what he wrote in those letters to this day. And they were very profound thoughts of what he wished for me. And what he wanted for me. And so, you know, I'm just thinking the connection that you were able to get with these letters that you were writing to your kids and how profound that, that must have been. And like you said, sometimes it kind of would hit home with them and be big. And then other times, I think some of those things that seed needs to grow, but that connection is huge. Uh, thank you, David. And I, I love that what you shared with about you and Diego. I mean, that that such a lifetime moment that you experienced with him. And so that's the type of thing that I think we all need to capture with our kids and memorialize and be able to come back to. 
And for me, the letters was, you know, almost a documentation of that and a teaching from that. And I'm super excited that now we've got these for forever, really. Yeah. So I'd love to encourage all dads to, when they have those moments to memorialize it, write it down um, so that you can go back to it. Cause to your point, man, life moves so fast and we've all got such amazing, you know, our calendars are dense and our commitments are huge. And sometimes we just lose track of what's really important. And that moment that you had with Diego, that was really important. Oh, it was huge. And then, we found that we reconnected. We, we found that connection and now things are really good. We're not butting heads anymore. And it was literally like night and day. And so yeah. I can totally see this. This must have strengthened your relationship with your kids when they were in adolescence and really kept you connected to them. I feel that. Um, and thank you. Look, you know, it's, we all try as dads, you know, it, it, we all are, like I just mentioned, we're all balancing all this stuff. And I think part of it isn't, you know, that we have these polished letters or this beautiful hallmark type experience with our kids. I just think that we're in it with them, that we're just, if we're grinding with them, we're grinding with them. If we're crying with them, we're crying with them. I just, I think that just that time we're spending, man, it's just huge. It's just, and the impact as I think about it in their lives long-term it can't be overstated. So me and Nick talk, we, we joke around sometimes because we all have moments as, as, as moms and dads, but as parents, we have these moments sometimes where you kind of feel like, oh man, I just did not do well today with my kids, right? And you have, you have that guilt, right? And me and Nick talk about this all the time. We're like, man, I hope I don't screw my kids up. Like I'm just, you know, you have those periods. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure when they're teenagers, it just probably intensifies even more so. Um, but would you, when you were going through this process with them, did writing those letters help a little bit with some of those things like that? Like on your end of how you felt, you know, cause like we have our ebbs and flows, you know, with how we're doing as parents, but like, did that help a little bit on your end being able to connect with them and maybe writing about those things in those letters? I think so. Um, you probably saw that in my intro is almost like an apology in a way. I have, I think all dads experience regrets because we reacted poorly or we didn't respond well or we were overwhelmed. And um, so all of us experienced that. Um, yeah, so I think the letters did help process that a little bit. Um, so the answer is yeah. I think, you know, kids are so forgiving if you ask for it. Right. And I think all the learnings as fathers or moms is, you know, we just be honest with them, ask for their love and energy. You know, they recognize that we're all flawed. Um, so yeah, I think you'll see some of that in these letters for sure. Go ahead, Nate. Sorry, bro. Yeah. Uh, I've been noticing with, with my oldest son, uh, he's definitely the one that's challenging us more. I think he's just in that different, yeah. different age group. You know, he's uh, pushing back a little bit more. Uh, the younger one, he's he wears his heart on his sleeve. He gets emotional. We know how to work with him. We just kind of give him a big hug and yeah. eventually everything gets better. But you can see, you know, every kid obviously has a different way that they emote and that they move through challenges. And one of the th hardest things for me has been to just give my older son space, you know, and just really give him some time to really move through his challenge. 
and it's not easy to do right as dads we want to swoop in and save the day and and then there's this there's a side of i think of us where we only have so much time as well right we only have so much time in the day and sometimes we're getting ready for work or we're we're trying to help them get ready for bed and uh so my question to you is like what did you do or were some of the tools that maybe you you incorporated to help to just create that space to in you know because you got three kids i've got two uh it's it's a little bit different you have to you know, partition your time a little bit differently but i'd love to hear some of your experiences on how you really just you know acknowledge each one in their own unique personalities isn't it amazing that kids come from the same family the same parents have the same experience same neighborhood same everything and are completely different I mean, it's just crazy. I think about that all the time. What you're experiencing next is the same thing that we've seen in every family sees with their kids. So yeah, the opportunity is that we have to engage with each of them completely uniquely. They have different preferences and likes and different skill sets and totally different worldview. So yeah, sometimes, you know, you got to play that man to man thing where you're engaging every child. I think there's a couple of thoughts like sports. All our kids love sports. So they each had unique sports. So just my wife and I just individually hanging out with them in their sort of arena was super impactful, I think. And then also supporting them on the things that they wanted to do individually. My son is uh, lives in Salt Lake City. I mean, this kid loves the mountains more than anything. And he is a complete rock star on a mountain bike and a snowboard. So, you know, hanging out with him in that space, you know, doing what he loves with him is huge. And that's, that's exactly, I think, what's needed with every kid is doing with them what they love. Uh, that creates a bond that I think is really tough to break between a parent and a child. Yeah. I love that you shared that. And I, and I, you know, my kids are obviously younger than yours, but I find the same thing. It's like, we don't realize sometimes as parents, just how much they cherish that you time with them and the thing that they, they love doing. And, you know, for us, maybe there's some level of boredom, you know, or what have you, or we can perceive that before we get into it. But then we start to realize that we're really enjoying it. I'm just thinking my, my, my kids love to play Minecraft or they like to build Lego. And, and sometimes it's just, you know, sitting in there with them and sort of asking questions about what they're doing. And I mean, kids don't get a ton of screen time. So if, if I'm sitting there playing, you know, a game with them, it's, it's a big deal. Yeah. Um, but I, I find it interesting how, when we just kind of let go of the other things, the other to-do lists of the day, of the week, of the month, or what have you, and just truly, like you said, that teaching of presence is so powerful. Um, and I think we can honestly get to a place where we authentically enjoy ourselves as well, where we can kind of remove some of those to-dos and just be with them. And I've, I've found that uh, personally reading at nighttime to them is, is a big way, a big gift of getting back into that. Or just, you know, lying down and just, there, don't you guys notice this too? Like kids are te technically or typically chattier right before bed because they don't want to go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, it's also this great bonding time. You get to hear things that you just wouldn't hear during the day. And sometimes we just kind of have to eat it and go, okay, well, we're chatting now. I don't really want to as far as I've got other things I want to do. But it's a real gift to be able to give that back to them and, and you know, maximizing the opportunity of, of chat time, right? 
Uh, for sure. For sure. Oh, it's funny that you say that, man, because Diego's favorite thing to do is he wants dad to lay in bed with him after I tuck him in. So I always lay with him like anywhere between a couple minutes to 10 minutes, depending on how exhausted I am when I get home from work. But it's funny, the questions that he asks, they all somehow end up back to my childhood. Really? He always wants to know about what it was like when I was growing up. So it's funny how these questions, and he has a million questions, and he's at seven now, so it's like nonstop, right? But I was telling close to the day, I was like, it's so crazy how I'll talk about something of my day, and he'll take me from that back to my childhood somehow with his, his lines of questions. But like you're saying, he just doesn't want to go to bed, man, so he could fire out those questions all day long. But honestly, like, probably when I tuck him in and lay with him every night, and then early morning when I have my coffee and I wake him up in the morning, those are some of the most beautiful times I have with him because we, we just get that connection of just him and me in those moments, man. And it's so important, right. To just take that, that time and just be with your kid, even if it's for 10 minutes, but you're just being with him your head's not in work. It's not what I got to do today. It's just like, I'm with you right now, man. Like I'm, you have me right now, you know, cause we're busy, right? Like we got to get off to work. They're off to school. But I cherish those little bits on those busier days. Yeah, for sure. And I, again, back to what I was saying earlier, I don't, I think that's a game changer. Just the fact that you do that, David, and you just commit that time, even if there's nothing in it, you're just hanging out with them or you're just lying in bed with them. Man, that stuff, that compound, that compound effect of that over his years, just the fact that you, he wrecked, he knows subconsciously that he's hugely important to you and the impact of his knowledge of that. I mean, I think that, to be honest, I think that changes his life. I really do. And I think that's, again, back to the impact we can have as engaged dads and moms. Man, it's big stuff. I'm curious if there was letters that you wrote where you're like, oh, geez, I don't know if I want the world to, to know this letter because it's too intimate or maybe there's a challenge at some point in time in the relationship with your wife or, you know, was there, you know in, or maybe disagreements about how parenting styles or whatever it would be. But was there, was there any letters where you're like, ah, this one I want to keep for myself? Um, not really, Nick, I guess one, I'm, you know, I remember I didn't write these to the world. Right. So I read, I wrote these for the kids. And then as we were kind of curating them on the, you know, with the publisher and kind of going through them, um, I did have some thoughts, Hey man, should we pull all these out? But at the end of the day, my, my thought was, you know what? My family isn't unique at all. And some of the things that we go through, went through, and some of the things that we think about and the experiences that we might've had as difficult as they are sometimes, people need to know that all families go through that stuff and that all families might, you know, get a lever out of one of these letters or conversations to help them. So we're just like, all right, we're all in type of thing. And I hope that's right. My parent, my kids haven't killed me yet, nor has my wife. So, <laughs> so far we're good. <laughs> So Alan, I'd like for you, if you don't mind, uh, you don't have to give too much of the letters, but what are some of the fa uh, your favorites in the book that you'd like to just talk about and kind of the theme or the values that you're talking about in those letters, if you don't mind sharing a little bit? No, I'd be happy to, man. And um, there's a couple that just popped in mind. I remember one time it was New Year's morning and my daughter, who was, I don't know, maybe 17 or so at the time, 
she and I got up early and we went to the gym. And just as we were pulling up at 7.30 on New Year's Day morning, you know, the night after the big blowout, we see this like really athletic looking cat get into his Bentley Turbo R pulling out of the parking lot. And we were just processing that together. And we were thinking about, wow, that's a cool car, but what is that guy like? who was at the gym at probably 5.30 on New Year's Day, getting after it. So, you know, that was the basis of a letter about the products of hard work, of, you know, the ethos that it takes to be super successful. If you're driven to material success, which this guy obviously was, look at what he did to get there and look at his, you know, efforts toward that. So that was one that just came to mind. I mean, so you can see they're kind of thematic in tone, but a lot of them draw on the experiences that we had. Along those same lines, I remember too, um, you know, when, when I was commuting from the suburbs into downtown Chicago before we moved downtown, the earlier train I took, the busier and more vibrant the crowd was the later the train, like you get into mid morning and people were kind of shuffling along, kind of like, you know, doing their thing. So I think there's a lot of lessons to be learned around that, that letter as well. It's still the theme of hard work. Those two popped them on again, no value judgment, but pulling on those threads with our kids and helping them like extract information around the events that we all experience, um, I think is really cool stuff. I love those stories. Uh, those are, those are brilliant. I mean, just to have, be able to have a conversation of like, oh, t- you know, what do, what do you think about that? You know, what uh, I, f- I find that that's where so many interesting conversations happen. Right. And then, and then there's these little teachable moments and I sometimes catch myself, um, maybe my, my, my kids being a little bit younger aren't going to fully grasp the concepts, but I find that it's interesting just how there can be a similar theme, but just maybe told through a different lens, through a different story as time goes on and, and, um, and getting their perspective because we can look at something and see two totally different things, right? Um, you know, on one, on one hand, someone, you know, may see something like, like you mentioned, more materialistic and go-getter and whatnot, Maybe on another hand, someone might be, you know, like, man, that guy's lonely or something, or, you know, who knows? But I think that the, the point being is that there's so many different, you know, stories or lessons or teaching uh, moments that can come up. And, and depending on the mood that, the, that our child is in or depending on the mood we're in, we can see things completely different. Um, so I love that. Yeah, I love that, that you know, you're, you're grabbing some. Uh, these stories that you created and then created like a teaching around it as well. I think that that's, that's absolutely brilliant. Um, I, I want to hear some of the the dialogue that, that maybe you had with, with your parents. Like, I think that was really cool that it was actually your parents that, that took it to the, the publisher and, and kind of got this, this ball rolling. Like, what was it like for you as a son to be able to receive that kind of feedback from your parents to go like, wow, like this is great work. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was, I remember distinctly when my parents called me, they were on the line together. They were living at the time in Wilmington, Delaware, and we were in Chicago suburbs and we were picking up the phone. I remember being really surprised and kind of blown away that they thought 
that these letters should be shared with the world. I remember my mother in tears and saying, these are beautiful, you know, I'm so proud of you. And that was, that was affirming in itself, but it was also a little bit stunning at the time. Um, I'm an only child and my father traveled extensively. He was, he, he was an international business guy and I think we would, he's passed now, God rest him. And he was a beautiful man. But I think we would both say, if you asked him, asked us both what our regrets were, I think we both would have really appreciated more time together and more engagement together. Um, him as a father and me as a son. So I think when he and my mother read those, that brought a lot of emotion up. And I think that's probably what really launched this. And you know, sometimes there's some sadness that comes when we look back at experience that we've had with our kids, but there's also an opportunity for growth. There's always an opportunity for growth. I think my parents recognized this for me and for them and for our children and for others, a great opportunity for growth and good energy and learning. And so thanks for asking about that. I've not, I've talked about that before, but yeah, all those things come up. It was a beautiful moment. Yeah, as you're speaking, it reminded me of uh, Edith Egger. She wrote a book called The Choice, and she was a Holocaust survivor as well. And and she talked a lot about grief and and you know how things went and how things go in life. And there is a really important kind of teaching of the book. It, it was that we don't always grieve what happened. We often grieve what didn't happen or what could have happened. And that's like, it's mind blowing because often I find that that's, that's part of where that hurt is. It's not lingering in that, in that place of, you know, things went the way that, you know, things went the way that, that they did. And I'm, I'm feeling sad for that, but it, it's because of what could have happened or those opportunities that could have been there. And, and I take that teaching into, you know, in those times where maybe I feel like, oh, I'm too busy. I can't do that with my kids or, you know, and I, I give you an example. I mean, I get home from work. Sometimes it's a little bit later, you know, I should be helping get the kids ready for bed. And I recognize my son really just wants to go for a bike ride. And I don't necessarily want to go for a bike ride. I kind of do, but, but I, I also want to, you know, help support my wife and make sure that, you know, we, we follow some sort of rules for the evening or what have you. And then, you know, and then I put myself in his shoes and I recognize like, well, what, what would he really want right now? He'd like to go for that bike ride. And so I want to try to fill in those moments of what could have been with this is, this is what we did. And it, and it completely changes the focus uh, of, you know, of that to-do list as well. So I'm, I love that you, you shared that, that reflection of like, you know, you're actually giving more to your relationship as well to your parents by, having them involved in this whole process and, and for your, your dad and mom to reflect on what they wish that they had more time with. I mean, I think that was, that's beautiful because it, you're, you're kind of like, you're taking this book and it's, and it's moving through these generations, right? It's not just about your kids. It's beautiful. Yeah, no. Thank you, Nick. I love that you shared too. Yeah. We have this opportunity to kind of write the narrative and write the play as it unfolds and, yeah, I mean, it's, it's cool to have that and the options we have when we come home from work. And I mean, we can write the script and it can be beautiful, right? If we're just intentional about it sometimes mm -hmm. too. And 
that's not easy, right? I mean, some, you come home, you're wiped out, you have the pressures of the day, you've got a stack of things you want to do and try and just be intentional in that moment. Sometimes it can be super hard work, but what a beautiful script that we can write uh, mm. if we make those hard choices. Well, t- tell me, like, I think, I think a lot of that comes down to, to values, you know, the, the values, you know, you can bring into your, your religious values, your spiritual values, or, you know, the kind of identity that you want to create for your family, for yourself. But what are some of those, I guess, for you, what are those core values that you've anchored into to, to be more intentional with your kids? Yeah, there's actually a letter that um, is about putting others first. Um, I think that's huge, not just in this circumstance, but as I think as we move through life, just the idea, and of course, Jesus says, you know, um, love your neighbor as yourself, right? If we can actually not just talk about that, but live our lives by putting others first, it sort of changes the flips that switch mentally when we're faced with things that frankly we don't want to do or we want to focus on our own priorities. And I think there's a lot to be chewed on in that theme. And along with that, it's interesting for me to think about how is when we're able to do that, how like magically all our own wants and desires are achieved. It's, it doesn't make much sense, I don't think, but I found as I'm 54 now, I found that invariably, if I absolutely focus on others, the things that I wanted anyway, they just come to be <laughs> some kind of karma around that thought. But that's what comes up for me when you, when you mention that. Awesome. Go ahead, David. So Alan, let's say we got some parents listening and they're like, okay, this is really cool. I would love to start writing letters to my kids. Uh, what kind of guidance or advice would you give them to like get started into just maybe just writing some short letters? I mean, we talked about you having an experience with your kids and then kind of expanding on that experience. Could you talk a little bit about, about, you know, just give some, some guidance of what that would look like. I think it's different for everyone. I would just encourage people to capture moments as they happen and then maybe go back to them later what you mentioned, David, with, uh, you know, your son, just, you know, when you have that time with Diego, just capture it, man, just write it down. When he opened up to you, when you went down to his level and you hugged him and he poured out that energy into you, man, that's something I would like that night, just jot a few lines to capture it. And then you can always go back and think through what are the learnings from that? Or what can I communicate around that, that made that moment so special? Or are there, things that I can impart from that, I think that's maybe the way to do it. Of course, second is just to start. You know, sometimes we want to come up with these plans. We want to make sure that things are lined out and we've got this business plan for a letter. And the reality is, man, if you just like jump at it, sometimes it works out great. That's true, not with this, but with everything, right? As I like to say, fake it till you make it. Oh, I'm still doing that. I hope no one's looking. But. All right, all right. <laughs> uh, I love that. Uh, Alan, if, if, if you could go back and you could go, um, I'd, I'd like to do this again. You know, is there anything different that you would have done in, in that process? Would you have started earlier? Like, like, I don't know. Like, 
anything that anything that you could have built upon. And again, I, I'm thinking of you know helping others with this process as well because I think it's it's beautiful. It's it's a lineage of of teachings and and a way to create community. But yeah, is there anything different that you would have done? Yeah, the first thing that, that popped in is I wish I had started earlier. I really do. I just I, I I catch myself flipping through this book still, like all the time, and saying, "Man, it just brings back such powerful memories, and it brings back learnings for me." Because you know, we can, you know, I, I'm the first one to admit, you know, I come up with this piece of wisdom from an experience, and of course, you know, a couple of weeks later, it's gone, and I'll react to something instead of respond or something that I thought I learned or my kids learned through an experience is gone. So just the reality is having those there to just reaffirm and continue to go back to are a lot of fun. It's, it's a teachable moment for a long time, but yeah, back to your question, man, starting earlier, uh, being more thoughtful, maybe looking for more opportunities too would be a second thing. And then finally just, uh, yeah, just starting. Um, I think is a, is a, a big thing for any, any family or any dad just to supplement their conversations that they're already having with their kids. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious too, like, you know, as you started writing more, I imagine you, you kind of said like looking for more opportunities, you know, so I'm curious how, how that process, that journey you've been on, how's that shaped your life in different areas? Like how's it impacted you in different ways? Is it, you know, maybe made you more intentional with your business associates or, you know, has it transformed other relationships in your life as a result of doing this? I think it has, man. That's a good question, Nick. And I haven't thought that much about it, but you can see me sort of staring into space. I think I've become more thoughtful as a result of uh, these letters. I think you know, back to the way I'm wired, you know, my type A personality tends to charge at goals, you know, one after the other, after the other. And that doesn't leave a lot of space for the opportunity just to be present and to be mindful and to be thoughtful. But I think this process for me has created that space in me. It's made me look at things differently maybe see if I can't extract value from situations that arrive, arise. One of the letters I talk about was, you know, I'm on my way to a business meeting. I swing through a coffee. Of course, I'm running late. I've got 15 things in my mind and I lock my keys in my car. So the day just basically gets destroyed. And by the way, it's a car that the keys aren't supposed to lock in the car. You know, there's no keyhole. So there's, it's just, it's one of those bananas moments, but, you know, I was able at that time just to be present. And I used that time to between that and the two hours later where the locksmith came up, I just prayed for my children. So I spent two solid area hours outside in beautiful surrounding locked car, everything inside my car, but I just prayed for my kids and I opened up to God and I asked for love for them. And I was thoughtful sending energy their way. And it was an amazing experience. So long answer to your question, I think it's created that space and that thoughtfulness and that search, right. For value in random moments. That's been really fun. 
Oh, it's beautiful. I mean, I'm thinking of experiences you have with your kids when you would witness something or even just that, man. I mean, you took something that most people would have ruined their day and just aggravated and irritated them. And you turn it into something really positive and beautiful and, and you know, forthcoming to, to do good and, and love, right? And bring that love to the world. Um, and we don't do that, right? Like most people, like you're saying, we're in this constant reaction mode all day long. And we're not being in that state of just how deep in thought can you be in that moment and really see the beauty of, of where you're at and of what it could be versus, oh, I'm just going to react to the keys or, oh, crap. And you just keep going and going and going and it just steamrolls from there. It so. does, man. Things can circle the drain really quickly, right? So uh, any tool we have to sort of interrupt that is huge. <laughs> massive state change, man. Yeah. Nick, you got anything else, brother? Yeah, I got a, I got a, basically, I, I got a really loud, <laughs> speaking of a moment, <laughs> there's someone drilling in our, in our business space next to us. And, and I'm, I'm taking the lesson that you just shared with us, Alan, <laughs> of like, just find some serenity in this, in this. You uh, should go pray for that dude. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I always think that it's interesting the little messages that, that speak to us in these in these moments where we we can choose to be, you know, challenged and and you know react as you mentioned, or or we can find another way to um, you know just listen and, and be quiet and and find some stillness. So I, I love that. So many lessons that you shared today, Alan. Um, we're so grateful to have this conversation. The fact that you reached out and and. You know, I, I love connecting with other dads that are, you know, sharing their vulnerabilities and, and, and speaking, you know, some, some truth around, you know, life isn't all roses and rainbows. And at the same time, we, we choose how we, you know, want to be in this world. And, and I love how you, you know, lean on your faith and your connection to, to God and spirit and energy. And, and, and obviously you've instilled that into your, into your family's lives and, you know, David, you brought, you started the whole conversation on that, on that question of like, you know, uh, what, you know, why is that so important to you? And, and, and why is that missing in this world that we're in? And, uh, and I think it's conversations like this allow us to really, you know, anchor back into that reality that's, that's available for us all. I mean, we just have to choose it for ourselves. So, um, you know, we always, we always leave a, a podcast with some home play, some, some tips or like maybe a place to get started for somebody um so yeah what where would you recommend people start with this process of of writing letters and uh being with you know your kids in a new kind of way i think like we talked about nick just get started with it you know look the 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 idea isn't for everyone so dads may have or moms may have different thoughts on how to engage further with their kids but if this resonates it's an easy thing to do um, I love, you know, if people wanted to plagiarize my stuff, that's awesome. I would, you know, use that as a great starting for, point for sure. Steal as much as you can. Um, I just, if, if it's worth it or create your own content, it's just, it's a great way to be with your children in a lot of different levels. And of course, as we talked about too, the legacy you can create in your family, um, man, that's just great too. So, yeah. Thank you guys for having me so much. It's been an honor. Just love your stuff, love your work, love your vibe and energy and I'm thrilled to be part of your conversation. Thank you, Alan. This was great, man. We appreciate your time and, and your presence and, and all your wisdom, man. Uh, definitely something that 
I'm going to, I'm actually going to start up, you know, I, I kind of wow. journal and do these kind of like when you're speaking to these experiences, but why not write the experience down and just expand it into a lesson and give it as a letter to him, you know, and then just stockpile these now. Right. Like, even though he's seven, yeah. but I can get started now and have a nice stack of letters waiting for when he gets a little bit older. <laughs> you know what, man, he'll really value those someday. Maybe not uh, now, but that could be his most important possession down the line. Think about it that way. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great way of looking at it. And I was thinking you got to, I mean, it sounds like you guys, you and Diego have such good conversations, even about death and you know what comes. I just imagine that that, that would be so valuable for him to be able to read, you know, uh, oh, yeah. as he gets older. Yeah. I'm going to do the same. I'm going to start writing some of these things down too. I was thinking like, even like, it could be a video. It could be a video blog for for your kids too. You know, and they get to see you through different stages of their own life. And um, obviously, a lot of us, you know, video their kids anyways. And maybe there's a way to compile some of that stuff together. But um, uh, Alan, where where can people get the book though? Can we just order on Amazon, or what's what's the best? Yeah, part? Amazon's a great way to do it. Maybe you guys can pop those pop that link in the show notes. Yeah. If you just Google yeah. letters from a father and my name, Alan Carter, it'll come up. Um, really appreciate it, and folks. Yeah. Again, just if they do buy it, hundred percent of this stuff goes to charity. Be delighted to uh, support the support charity with this work, and yeah, for sure. And, you guys feel up to it too drop a review on amazon i, I found out the review stuff is really impactful to uh the sales channel and it's knock on wood it's it's moving along so thank you guys for that and i appreciate the support absolutely and lastly before we go any what's next like are you are you going to be writing more or what's what's the plan have you thought about that i have a little bit man i'm so my eldest claire got married in may and so to an awesome young man, they live in uh, Hoboken, New Jersey. So uh, I'm designing letters from a grandfather someday. So <laughs> my son gets married in September too. So maybe that's, uh, we got, so we got some development time, right? But it's on my heart. <laughs> well, it's interesting that you say that, but I'm thinking like this could be a lifelong thing i mean it doesn't have to just be when your kids are under your and you're under your roof with you i mean there's always lessons to be taught you know their entire life even moving into when their parents or marriage and all these things so i mean it's like such a, again such an amazing tool and like you're saying whether whether it's writing these letters or a video blog i mean how beautiful to just be habitual with something like this going forward in life yeah no agreed alan thanks so much man Guys, let's stay in touch. So enjoyed our time together today. Blessings to you both and to your families. And yeah, look forward to staying connected. You as well. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to subscribe to the Dr. Dads and share with your family and friends. You can also follow and interact with Dr. Nick and Dr. David on Facebook and Instagram for a daily dose of inspiration and the latest in health and wellness. Be well.